0: signed on the line by Phil Phil Clark to review the what was a memorable uh, rugby league grand final at the weekend, and I suppose Phil, one can feel some way a bit uh, rejoiced for Wigan with all the departures, but you got to feel sorry for Warrington as well. Old Trafford is not a happy ground for them.
1: Well, no, in fact, anybody who's actually been a Wharton fan and it's not been a happy life so far because that's now the ninth consecutive final in which they've played Wigan and lost. You have to go back to 1980, the last time they were able to beat Wigan in a final match itself and lift the trophy. So disappointing times again for the Wolves. But I think in some ways, from where they were 12 months previously, they will see it as a
0: year of progress and with the hope that with a star player Ben Curry back for injury next season maybe they could go one better but how do you, how for the experienced players like Stephen Ratchford uh, Chris Hill uh, uh, England Internationals and such like that how do you lift yourself after losing two finals remember in the one year they lost the Challenge Cup final as well so that's a bit of broad. they've been been there three or four times at the well now and came up unstuck and they got the dream start as well and Josh Charlie uh, scored early on for them as well, and you thought maybe that might elevate him on, but a team of Wiggins class and quality came storming back at him. Well, it's a very difficult challenge for them. But what does it kill you? you? Want to make you stronger,
1: and Warrington need to bounce back next season. Do you know another interesting stat for you here, Jim? In the last three Grand Finals that Warrington have played against Wigan, 2013, 2016, and of course this season, they have failed to score a point, a single point in the second half. So I think the the mental toughness and and concentration really of being at your best when you are fatigued is a challenge that they've got to work on for next year. So that they can play at the highest level for 80 minutes, Jim, and, and make sure that when the pass needs to be found to a teammate, under pressure, they're able to deliver that
0: skill and execute and score the points. Yeah, and I suppose Grand League Finals, they will always have their fairy tale stories and some player will rise to prominence that won't have perspective and make his name alight. and for that person it was Dom McFready, who did a serious hard run at times with injuries and for him everything it was just uh, the dream final everything he touched turned to gold well Ebony can't believe what he's been two
1: years out of the game with two very serious injuries it was his fifth game back, really, from a horror two to twenty twenty four months period. And uh, and to walk out, firstly, the atmosphere we've enjoyed. There. Do you know I've been fortunate to visit the All Island hurling final, and I know what an amazing occasion that is. I'd encourage any of your Irish listeners if they do get a chance to travel over and witness what it's just like to be at the grand final at Old Trafford in Manchester in October. Tremendous atmosphere. There was a group called Blossoms played before the match. Wonderful buzz around the arena, and there is an electric charge inside the stadium that makes you feel so alive but well, it must have had that same impact for Don Manfredi because he certainly took his chances very well and it shows you the strength in depth that Wigan had because they've got two other wingers the, the, the top try scorer for the Warriors this year is a man called Liam Marshall yeah. he wasn't selected and they've another England international on the wing Joe Burgess also out injured so they've got tremendous strength in depth and I think that ultimately that might be one of the differences if you look at Warrington's best two players in 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 my opinion, Stephen Ratchford and Chris Hill both were born and began to play the game in Wigan. The area produces such a hotbed of talent that goes on, and the ones that don't make it for Wigan very often drop into other club sides, like, like Warrington in this example. So, Wigan are fortunate that the schools and the community clubs around this area. Uh, Set very high standards and have an intense competition from a junior
0: level. Yeah, and I suppose, Phil, if you're looking at it going into the final, I suppose Warrington would have been all full of confidence. They took down St Helens, many people's favourites. For the title and the league leaders who topped the table. And that was they had the harder of the semi-finals one would have said like playing St. Helens. But then on the day Wigan as we know they are a grand final team. They have lost a number of grand finals but they've also won a hell of a lot of grand finals as well. And Do you think tra- tradition and pedigree uh, knowing being there be getting over the line. Uh, knowing how to win these games uh, really stood to them.
1: Possibly so. It's hard to exactly know, isn't it, in a live sport? We always read after a match into a narrative of, of possible reasons why results went one way or another. I guess that, for me, the creative players for Warrington, Kevin R- Kevin Brown and Tyrone Roberts, the scrum half and stand-off, just weren't as creative or as dangerous as the ones who played in the wigan positions. Um, and I, I think that was possibly one of the biggest differences. Also interesting, you know, the role of a full-back now in rugby league has changed from a traditional defender to an organizer. We saw what Blake Stefan Ratchet yeah. did. But the voice and impact that Sam Tomkins had for Wigan, do you know he got his hands on the ball, he threw forty eight passes in the match. There was like two players, the the two hookers, the guys who stand behind the player the balls for both sides, who threw more passes and nobody made more kicks than Sam Tompkins. So as a full-back, he's almost like a central midfielder in football, gets himself involved in the centre of the action and doesn't just stand at the back and watch. And I think his voice, his hands and his feet were ultimately perhaps the biggest difference between the two teams. He's such a competitor. I know you've got several over there in Ireland at the highest level, but he's one of those people who have that competitive streak. They were born with it and on the highest level and at the most intense occasions, can find their, their, their ultimate
0: performance. Yeah, and one thing that struck me from watching the game was the discipline of the Wigan defence. Many of the time, uh, Warrington got up within... 20 30 yards from the line, but Wigan were so disciplined in their defending and their tackling that they gave away very few penalties. So there was never really those sets of five for Warrington close to the Wigan goal to really capitalize. And that was a key thing I'm looking at from it that Warrington were able to get up 30 30 yards maybe from the Wigan try line. But each time they got up there, Wigan's defense was just so disciplined.
1: It was, and I, I think you, you talk about that. I mean, it was interesting to play the balls close to one another's try lines. Warrington had lots. They had, they had probably twice as many as Wigan, but that Wigan defence you mentioned, it caught your eye, and obviously it, it's not just about uh, commitment. You obviously need organisation, and it was well drilled and, and highly effective to close down. Well, at times, though, it were being hypercritical. Some, some Warrington didn't convert enough of the chances. They didn't create the space. When they passed the ball at times, Times, it was an ineffective pass that the players or the defenders weren't drawn out of line Wigan could just slide off and make them move on to the next man so I think Warrington will look back and reflect and know that in 12 months time should they be back at Old Trafford then they need to be far more clinical with their executing passes close to the trial so that the men are in the gaps and they can crash over the try line.
0: Yeah and I suppose as we're looking at it Phil as you said uh, Stephen Ratchford made some marvellous breaks I've really from the distance broke the line at such pace but then at the time when the pass when he needed that runner off the shoulder someone to deliver that killer pass unfortunately each time there was no one at his shoulder and if there wasn't one occasion that would have really lifted the Warrington crowd and the supporters and the players to get a get a reward for such a break like that
1: You're exactly right there. I mean, Warrington will be ashamed, I suppose, that when he made a couple of the breaks, you could guess there was about 30 metres distance between the closest Warrington supporting player and Stefan Ratshwin, and that's clearly not good enough because at the highest level of any game, you get very few chances in the cup final, the last match of the season, and to lift a big prize, you've got to convert those. They know that they had opportunities and they didn't put the points on the scoreboard, which will be a disappointment to them their supporters but they'll have to live in the hope that they've made 12 months of progress by getting to both cup finals and they can work out I mean if you look in the middle of the field I thought those central players Chris Hill, Darrell Clark and uh, Mike Cooper they two props in the hooker for me they were probably far better than Wigan's players But uh, in the other positions that really matter, the ones that actually put points on the board, Wigan certainly had
0: the edge. And I suppose we look at Wigan Din and that warrior Sean O'Loughlin. He really is the heart and soul of that Wigan team, he was everywhere. Tackle after tackle and uh, to have that player with that leadership qualities and that uh, true out and out love of the the die for the Wigan jersey and he's such an inspiration but another player that really caught my eye was a Frenchman actually playing there he made a wonderful break there in the second half Morgan Escari and uh, he showed flashes of brilliance there at times in relation to his lines of running and he's a really promising one for the future for Wigan as well
1: I agree, and I think that, uh, you know, there's tremendous rugby talent, league and union over in France. Uh, both he and Roman never have been get offered a chance at Wigan, but you've got to talk about Morgan Esqueray, he'll probably get much more chances next season. Sam Tompkins leaves the club now and goes to join the Catalan Dragons, so they've switched, switched countries those two. But uh, with Morgan Esqueray, also, if you remember, pulled off a, a very important tackle when Stefan Rashford made a break. Yeah half of the game and you know there were times when people used to question Esqueray's defence they thought that he was more of an attacking player and, more and less interested in defending but he got his body completely in front of Ratchford, and he closed down that play stopped any chance of an offload and nullified the threat that been uh, that, that they faced
0: Yeah and I suppose looking at Weekend going forward now with Sean Wayne leaving to the Scottish Rugby Union and as players as Sam Tompkins uh, departing the scene and um uh, other players uh, there's one or other two players leaving of that quality is it going to be a time for Rebuild or transition for Wigan or Wigan to just seamless in that way that two or three players quite leave and yet come this time Next year there will be contenders again even with a head coach or do you think the likes of Leeds though? As we know Leeds such a real dominant team through the years and uh, The likes of uh, St. Helens will have probably that edge over next year. Will it be a time of transition for Wigan or do you think it'll be a seamless change?
1: Question and one I completely couldn't answer for twelve months.
0: Yeah. You mentioned they also losing John Bateman, who's arguably the best
1: player this season. He was one of three nominees for a title we have over here called the Man of Steel. That's the best player in the league, besides Ben Barber and James Robert from St Helens. So with John Bateman leaving to go and play for other Canberra Raiders, alongside Ryan Sutton, another promising young prop, there is a there's a massive hole that Wigan needs to fill. But in the past they've been very successful from doing it with local young talent. And they'll are going to hope that they can they can do it again. As I said, it's a hotbed area, and they've got a new exciting coach coming over, a player called Adrian Lamb, who once played for the club just over a decade ago. He's a Papua New Guinean scrum half by by uh, when he was younger and he now returns to the club for 12 months before Sean Edwards returns to the club, Um, was obviously the the most decorated player in the club's history. So they do have a period of rebuilding, and it's how quickly they can do that rebuilding that's that's the test. They need to throw as many builders as they can in quickly and get the job done so that by next season they're ready to fire.
0: Yeah, and for the Warrington coach, uh, Steve Price, I suppose, as you said, it's been a marvellous year because the previous year the club were really in doldrums languishing towards the bottom, up, up, bottom of the table and to transfer that transformation on such a quick time would really would an awful lot of optimism but it was also a case when you lose that final the heartache the second year sort of syndrome sort of kicks in and you players could actually instead of uh, driving on could be feeling a bit sorry for themselves so do you see need to try and rejuvenate and maybe in that uh, dressing room with new faces as well
1: Well, in some ways they weren't found got to both cup finals, but in other the ways they were and they do I think need a slightly different mental approach. Maybe as I've pointed out they, they failed in the second half against Wigan in three of the last round finals that they've played to score a single point. So they need to work on that aspect. Maybe they need to be more ruthless. they finished fourth in the league table after thirty rounds so that tells you that they're clearly not the best team over here, but if they can get Ben Curry back, who I think could next year, should he play every game, be a very strong contender to be the man of He's arguably the best player we've got in the rugby league, but he's now had two very serious injuries. They need him back on all cylinders. They've bought a player from Australia called Blake Austin, who they're hoping can really make a difference to them as well. But I think that they need to try their best to develop local talent. We're going to be very successful at doing it. So, Austin Talons and Warrington are working hard to do so, but the local area doesn't have the same passion or fanaticism to to for young boys and girls to play rugby league, as the Wigan community still does.
0: Yeah, and I suppose, Phil, the grand final, it was so tense, it was such a dramatic o- occasion, and it was sort of... The, you could cut the tension with a knife and I suppose we could see that reflected maybe in the conversions, a few of them being missed as well. And if normally the calibre of kickers like Sam Tonkins, you, you expect all of those to be going over from both sides. But that was a real interesting uh, side plot into the, in, in relation really to the game that one, one couldn't have predicted that we'd have tries, tries scored but the conversions not converted.
1: Yeah, tried scored out wide I suppose because of the strength of the yeah. defence in the middle Sam uh, Tom Tompkins has a conversion rate of 75% this season which is average for a Super League kicker. What's been interesting about Warrington, they've tried five different goal kickers this year and the one that started the season is an Australian called Bryson Goodwin, he had a great game at the centre in the grand final yeah. but he's actually finished the season with the worst goal kicking record. When they last played Wigan, they lost by 13 points to 12 Warrington just a few weeks ago in the Super 8 competition and on that day Stefan Ratchford was the man asked to kick goals from then on Tyrone Roberts has taken every single kick and yet even though he's been successful at 82% success rate with his 40 kicks so far this season he wasn't able to nail the uh, the one from the sideline was it there was another interesting point about in the second half they had a penalty goal they were losing 8-4 yeah he could have I suppose, taken that penalty gone to 8-6 that's not going to win you the game but we do tend to in rugby league undervalue goals I think it's going to creep back into fashion it's something I've spoken about when I've been commentating on the matches for Sky Sports this year that I do think we, we, we almost they think some rugby league fans that you're cheating if you take a penalty goal and score two points <laughs> they'd much rather see a try which I understand it does make it sometimes more enjoyable but I think that that may creep back into fashion there are more teams finding greater accuracy with a kicker, and taking the two points when, it, when it's possible in your opponent's
0: half. Yeah, and I suppose, as you mentioned there, it was 8-4, and you think maybe if Warrington had brought it back maybe to 8-6 before Tom and Freddie got his uh, second second try, that it would have really maybe made Wigan we, we a bit twitchy, a bit nervous that Warrington were close, but they had that comfort of that one try, and once Tom and Freddie went over for the second one, uh, it was over and uh, dusted in as a contest. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, well it was certainly added to that tension which was already pretty
1: intense, I mean, not, we we had a try in the, the 30th minute and then nothing for just over 40 minutes didn't we, before we got the final try, so a penalty goal maybe would have added to the tension, we may have even seen the second penalty after that. James Graham, who was a guest, uh, was a colleague of mine I was working with on, on the night in Manchester, who played for the uh, St George and Royal Dragons and has come over to play for England in the upcoming Test Series in New Zealand, he thought and before the match, he said, listen, there's no Nothing between these two teams. I think it will be a drawn game. It will go into Golden Point. And he thought some Tompkins would have win it with a drop goal. Well, it wasn't far off it, was it, to the last five minutes. It could have very easily got to 8 all. But as it was, that final try from Dan Manfredi uh, made it a comfortable last couple of minutes for the Wigan
0: Warriors fans. And, Phil, finally, last question for you here. This is a hard one. I suppose most pundits and analysts don't like comparing teams to previous teams. But how do you think this Wigan team rates as grand final winners compared to Leeds past teams with the likes of Danny Maguire, Kevin Sin, Phil Ryan? boroughs to the likes of St Helens where you had um, you had great players like Kieran Cunningham um, you had great players like um, uh, players of that quality the Lambs and such like that did the great ba- Bradford Bulls teams under Brian Noble as well how do you could take this Wigan team compares well, it's very hard
1: to compare teams from different eras. I think if you're the best team in the, the time, then that's great, and I think every team sits where it is. I was delighted after the game to meet a hero of mine, a man called Henderson Gill, and if any of your listeners get a chance to later go on the, on the internet and search for a try that he scored in 1985 when Wigan played a home at Wembley, it was an 80 metres try, it was a classic, it's my favourite rugby try in league or union in my entire life, it's that good. I'd recommend you to look at so I think there's great players from every era and I was lucky to meet one of my heroes after the match. So this Wigan side are a good team. Santana's so, have been the best team all year. Don't forget the rules in rugby League over here mean that we have a playoff system at the end. You just need to be in the top four places. But um, we're under pressure on the final two weeks We're good enough to lift a big prize And that sets up now a most watering uh, finale for the season We have some international matches Where Great Britain take on New Zealand Over a three-test series that starts in just over a week's time
0: Yeah, Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the air As we reflect on what was a cracking uh, Rugby League final And no doubt, hopefully, we can speak to you again sometime in the near future As we get prepared for Rugby, rugby League uh, 2019
1: Team. well I also and, and uh, you know I've got tremendous respect my brother used to a long time ago work for Munster and he was a good friend with Anthony Foley and I used to work with and uh, play with and, and be friends with Paul Darby who is also very well thought of at Munster will be around that area where you are guys so yeah. you know, uh, our thoughts and connections are with you and I'd love to do that
0: cheers thank you Phil thanks a million
1: thank you